Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and a family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the amazing Brittany Verlenich. Brittany is a content strategist, a social media manager, and the host of the Social Media Magic podcast. She shows digital product business owners how they can leverage social media to grow their email list and get more sales. So Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited for our conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm excited to serve your audience. It, it's going to be a great conversation. As I said, I was poking around your website a bit and I, yep, we've got we've got some topics to cover. So, um, but if you just want to get started, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit more about how it is you help people and who you help specifically. Yeah. So who I usually help is teachers turned business owners. And a lot of them are moms. And one of the biggest things that I hear is, well, I don't really have time to market on social media, or I don't have time to be recording my whole day, or I don't really have anything to share with my whole day because my life is really boring. I'm in like, I'm at my house all the time. My kids are crazy. Nobody wants to see that. Those are the things I usually hear and totally understandable. So that's, that's usually the person I work with. They tend to be moms. They're really busy. They're working and they have families and they're trying to grow this thing on the side, or maybe they've gotten to the point where they're doing this full time, but they just can't seem to balance at all. And it's totally understandable because when you look at even people like me or other people in the marketing space, they're not full-time marketers, you know, like that's not their passion. That's not really usually what they're doing. They're doing whatever they want to do to help people. So I tend to help teacherpreneurs, teacher business owners who are moms um, with the marketing part. Either I take it over and say, don't worry about it. I'll do it. Or I just help them figure out how to make it more doable. And so that means sometimes taking things out instead of adding things on and saying, okay, just focus on this for now. We can come back to it later or we can just eliminate it completely. So lots of done for you, done with you. And sometimes that looks like me managing their social media content for them and then doing all that stuff on their behalf. Or it means like maybe I do a month of posts for them because they're just like, I can, I have a launch coming up and I just cannot do it. And so I take it on for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so social media, at least in my circle recently, has been kind of a, a buzzword. There have been a lot of people talking about exactly what you're saying. Like they're so busy. They don't have time to be on social media. They don't have time to keep up with everything. And um, and just kind of overwhelmed with some of the strategies they've been told they need to do, how often they need to post. So can you talk on that just a little bit? Sure. And I also just want to share that whenever you're looking at any social media platform specifically, there are a couple of things you have to consider and then your strategy can be different. So like with Instagram, me recording my face to the camera is not going to be as valuable on there as having some kind of like image behind me and doing like a green screen kind of thing. So part of it is knowing the platform. And then part of it is also knowing your capacity. So would it be great? Wouldn't it be great if we could all do a reel a day, show up live for an hour, talk to everybody in our DMs and all that? Yeah. But even just saying that is crazy overwhelming, right? So like, just (laughs) give yourself the out right now and say like, you don't have to do that because you really don't. Um, But figuring out what works and then what works, what you have the capacity to do is where it's at. So, excuse me. So the first thing I would do is figure out what your goals are for that platform. And I think it's easy to say, well, I want to make more money and I want to grow my email list, right? Because I know if I grow my email list, I make more money, but that's still a little bit broad. And when we think about it, like as a 
overarching thing. We have to think, how are we using social media to do that? So like, I'll just tell you what I usually do for my clients is the reels or like going live with someone else that helps you get discovered. That's like that top of funnel, right? Brand awareness. They figure out who you are for the first time. And then you have an opportunity for them to take an action. Maybe they'll follow you. Maybe they just comment. Um, But one thing I like to tell my clients is when you are creating content, like these long kind of funnels don't really work anymore. Think about what if you never see them again? What do you want for them to know or hear from you? How can they connect with you right away? So creating that connection is really important. And if for you, if that means having a static feed and never posting on your feed again, and just showing up one story every day and saying, DM me if you have a question about this, and then you can respond via DMs, that's fine. Some people have a static feed and they're just going live with other people to get more traffic over to them. Some people have their posts scheduled out in advance for the whole month, and then they only go on the DMs to see like if anyone's responded to them. So there's so many ways you can set it up. It's just about figuring out what your goals are, what the platform wants, because we don't want to waste our time, right? And then what our capacity is. And I think if you can figure out those three things and get really clear, you'll be in a really good place. I know that's a really vague answer. It's going to be different for everybody. But no, I think, I think that's a good point to highlight though, that it could be different for everybody. And I think, you know, a lot of the the strategies and everything do come down to, like you said, your own capacity and what you can show up for and do consistently. Cause I think that's probably in my mind, the biggest thing is being able to be consistent with whatever you're saying you're going to do with your audience, whether that's posting on social media or, you know, whatever that is. And And I want, and I want to add really quickly that idea of consistency, because I feel like that brings a lot of shame for us, you know, whether you have kids or not, consistency doesn't necessarily mean a posting schedule. I think a lot of times we conflate the two things. I see consistency in your brand, in your voice, in your message, right? I mean, yes, you if you can post consistently, that's great, consistently in quotes, but it's more like, what are you here to do? What are you here to say? Who are you talking to? If you can be really consistent about those things, then go for sustainability with the rest of it. Yeah. Like as far as how often you post and all that, it is going to be ways more serving for you and for the people you have than going really hard for a week and then you burn yourself out and you don't get back on the platform for two months because you're going to build so much mental drama around, oh, I don't want to log in. It's going to be overwhelming for me. And that's really what's going to keep you. It's not really the technical knowledge. Those things we tell ourselves like, right. oh, it's too hard to be consistent or, oh, it's too hard. It's like that stuff you can get over, but the mental drama that you build up in your head, which I get it to sometimes of like, oh, it's been so long. I can't post now. You know, yeah. like that's really what gets people. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that distinction between you can't do something versus you won't do it. Like we need to be very clear with ourselves. If it's something we won't do, why are we not doing it? And, and then kind of working to fix it from there. Um, I think that works. So you mentioned kind of a static feed strategy. What are your thoughts on that? Because I will, I will admit, I am personally looking into switching to a nine grid on my Instagram because I am not consistent with how often I post and such. So I'm much better at, at, you know, doing stories and such, um, inconsistent. I mean, on a time level, not, you know, brand and everything, but, but yeah. What are your thoughts on the static feed? Yeah, I think it's great. If I also would urge you to look at your analytics first, right? Because like I have some clients, their, their analytics all look very different. I have one client who most of the people who are seeing her posts are non-followers. 
And so for her, it actually makes sense for her to keep posting live because that's what's bringing her, putting her in front of new people. And those people are responding. And it makes sense because she's in the travel niche, travel's very visual. She's sharing images of beautiful places, reels that are very aspirational. So for her, that makes sense. If you are selling like a digital product though, for most of us, it's like, what are you really putting on there? You're probably putting like photo mock-ups or maybe you're doing some kind of demonstration with the product. If it's like a printable version of a digital product, there's only so much you can really showcase that, right? So I would say for most people, if you're selling like printables or if you have a course or a membership, it's a little harder because those things aren't as tangible, right? It's hard to make those things tangible. So like what I see a lot of success with right now is those people are, they have a static grid and they know their core offers. So you do know, you do need to have that too, right? Like you need to know what do you want people to go to? So usually you have like a freebie in the nine grid. And when she's talking about nine grid, if you haven't heard before, it's having like the nine squares on your grid be the same all the time. So when we say static, we mean you're not posting every time to update them. Maybe you post reels, but they don't go on your grid, which I don't know if you knew that, but when you post a reel, you can choose to just have it go to the reels tab instead of showing up on your grid. So I want to make sure you know that. So someone who has a static grid, they're using Instagram a little bit differently. Either they're getting discovered in a different way. Maybe you're going all in with like collabs, uh, like collaborative bundles, summits, and podcast guesting, right? Kind of like what I'm doing right now. And then Instagram becomes the second touch point. So like, this is my awareness stage. And then Instagram becomes like where we talk and have a conversation. So maybe you go to my feed and you don't even care about my feed. You just go to DMs because you're like, oh my gosh, I love that episode. So that person's using it a bit differently than someone who reels is how they're getting discovered. They are going hard with reels. And when someone comes to their profile from a reel, they're like, wow, I want more of that. And I see this work really well with like any kind of content that's like really highly relatable. Like if they're making kind of like funny reels and we can talk about that later too, depending on like what your, your brand and your archetype is and also what your offers are. Cause digital product can be kind of broad too. So, um, so yeah. So if you have any, like, if you know, like what people in your audience are also selling, I can also speak more to that. No, that's, that's really, I, I loved how you brought up the different ways of getting people in like the front point of where you're actually talking to people and then where they're coming in secondarily to, to maybe look at the Instagram. Cause that's exactly what I have found in my audience is very much. I, I do a lot of bundles and I love being on podcasts and obviously we have this podcast and, you know, there's lots of other ways that I prefer to do marketing than social media um, as my, my first outreach. But then I know people do come back to my social media pages and, and use that kind of as the touch point to then dive a little bit deeper and contact me, reach out, you know, just go straight to the DMs. Um, but you mentioned checking the metrics, which I think was a really, really wise idea. Um, what sort of metrics do you recommend kind of looking at when it comes to social media? Like what, what is, what, what are the numbers that actually matter? Ooh, that's a big question. I feel like that could be a whole episode in itself. But what I would encourage you to do is if you haven't looked at it at all yet, just go in there and play, right? Like there are no hard and fast rules as far as like, which is the most important. But I will say the things I usually look for for my clients, I really care about saves and shares as far as post metrics. So when I'm looking at a specific post and trying to figure out how it performed, usually I'm looking at saves and shares. The reason for that is, when a post is so good that someone wants to share it with their friends, that's when you know that your message is really resonating with people. So like from a messaging standpoint, saving and sharing, really, really good. However, I have posts with different purposes. So like sometimes for a client, I'll create a post 
and I want them to comment maybe because we're doing market research or maybe we're trying to share a certain freebie or offers. Like I call this to comment to customer strategy. So I'll say like, say it's a, it's a printable lesson plan or something. So it's about spring and I talk about the stuff in the caption. They say type spring in the comments if you want to take a look. And then a whole bunch of people comment spring, spring, spring. I DM the product link to them or some notes, you know, some relationship building. And then I respond to the comment saying, Hey, I just sent it to your DMs, check your message requests. And that does a few things for you, but the, the metrics are going to depend on what the purpose of the post was. So if you're looking for comments, then you're going to look and see how many comments it got. If you're looking for shares, like maybe you have like a, a, depends on your niche too, but if you have like a post, it's like a quote and you want the shareability because you want to like the virality of it. So you can get your name in front of more people, then that might be why you do it. So I know that's another vague answer, but I think it depends kind of where you are on business and what you're looking for. Um, as far as account metrics, I'm probably most interested in seeing when we're talking about higher end strategy, higher level strategy, uh, who is seeing your content right now and who do you want to see your content? If you're seeing that like 75%, I have a client who 75% of the people who see her posts are not following her, but that's okay because she's kind of going through this like influencer model. She wants to work with brands and, and partnerships and stuff like that. She doesn't really have that many of her own products. If you're a digital product creator and you're really looking to use Instagram as like a nurture place and you're showing up more in like summits, bundles, and podcasts, yeah. then you might find that most of the people who are interacting with your content are already following you. And in that case, you're really going to go for nurturing content, right? Like you're going to be showing up in stories, your DMs are going to be really important and things like that. So the metrics will depend on your goals and then depending on your goals and your metrics, then that will inform your plan. So there is a lot of talk about the algorithms and how the algorithm can totally stifle any sort of growth on social media. What do you say to that? It's so hard. Like, first of all, I just want to acknowledge how hard it is because I know that most of you don't have the time to sit there and like try to figure out what Instagram is doing. Like they have an identity crisis every week. Do they want photos? Do they want reels? Do they want you to be in stories? They want you to go live. Like it's so much whiplash you can get from trying to keep up. So don't feel bad if you don't feel like you're getting the reach you want. Also, when we talk about reach, people seeing our posts, I just want to give you an encouragement that typical reach right now is less than 1%. A couple of years ago, it was like two to five. Now it's less than one. Organic reach means not paid ads or anything. And that is typical. If you have anything more than that, you're actually killing it. So you should be really proud of yourself. Um, so first give yourself that comfort. As far as algorithms, I don't think the algorithm is working against you. I think it's working for you. Like as a consumer, it wants to make sure that you get the content that you want to see, the content that you're already working with. And it's also trying to figure out who it should send your post to, right? Because they want you on the platform and they want your audience on the platform as long as possible. That's how they're monetizing. They're getting ads. So working with the platform is important. So that's why I say when you're looking at the platform, what kind of content does it want? Like TikTok, well, usually what works on TikTok is also now working on Instagram. So that's kind of a hard thing, but like looking at what the platform wants, what's performing well, and then using that for your own stuff, not copying them, but thinking like, what's the actual, like, what about, the, what about this video or content does the platform like, how can I emulate that for myself? Um, yeah. So that's one thing. And then, um, and then also just making sure that it makes sense with your, your goals and values again, right? Because if you don't want to be on there, all the time, then maybe like showing up and posting natively once a day is just not really reasonable for you. So maybe for you, it looks like batching. If you are going to go hard with reels, you just record like 20 at one time, which I know sounds like a lot, 
But actually, when you get into the task of doing it, you're like, oh, like if they're only five to seconds long, actually, they can get those done pretty quickly. And then if you want, you can go in and put captions later in bash tasks. So, um, so yeah, the algorithm's working for you. Oh, but also don't create content just for the algorithm. You're, you're always creating content for people. So I want to make sure I add that in too. Like, don't just make something because you think it's going to go viral. Think about who's watching, who's listening, what message you want to say and making sure you're clear on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's, you know, whether you're trying to grow your following or whatever, I, I think it's important to kind of remember who is already in your audience, who is already following you and writing content for them to nurture them. It's not always about hitting that next level with followers. Like I know that can be a metric. A lot of people just, they want to hit those 10 K followers on Instagram or whatever, but if you have a hundred or 200 people like in your audience right now, then don't, don't forget about them. Just still, you know, be able to, to speak to their pain points and talk with them and nurture them and, and ultimately sell your services or products to them as well. And I know there's a lot of people would say, well, a hundred people, that's, that's not a, that's not a big following, but if you had a hundred people standing in a room, like ready to buy from you, that would feel like a lot of people, I think. In my mind, that would feel like a lot of people to, to be selling to a hundred people who, who are ready to buy. I really like that. And I also, I think that it can also get confused about who's seeing our content versus who's following us. So I'll give you an example. I have one client who she has 25,000 followers, which is fun. She has the K, you know, it looks cool when she's trying to get on podcasts. But if we look at her reach, like how many people are seeing her content, it's more like 60, 70,000. So that means that when we're creating content, like, because we, we don't just care about the number, we care about what the number means, right? Yes. Her message, her message is about like bringing human design to the world. That's like her, a passion of her. She believes in that. She believes it's like the tool that's going to uh, transform people and their lives. So she believes in that and all her content echoes that statement and forces that statement. So when you think about impact, even if those people never buy from her, the fact that so many people are seeing that message of hers is really, really powerful. And what's hard for us to, to kind of capture is the fact that we're not always going to get the validation of that. Like we're so used to things being instant, you know, we can get food anytime we want it delivered to us, like anything instant. So being able to not get that instant validation is really hard. So I also want to say like, Keep in mind that whether it's someone who's following you or not following you, whether they comment or not, or opt into your freebie or not, like if you create content with the purpose of, I just want whoever reads this, like I want them to know this thing. I want them to be reassured. I want them to be empowered, inspired. That content is one, it's going to perform probably better than the other content you would have made, but two, it's going to make that impact in another way. And I think that we can't understate that as well. Like social media is this amazing tool for amplification of whatever message you have. And it's free. It is such an amazing equalizer. And so I, I just want you to be encouraged with that. Yes. If a hundred people see it, that's amazing. Like it doesn't matter about the numbers that way. It's what is, what is the meaning behind the numbers? What does it mean for those people to have seen it? I think if you focus on that, um, it's going to make such a difference and engage with those people personally. Like whenever, like with the clients that I have, like when they share something from her stories, I, I am so appreciative on her behalf. I was like, thank you so much for sharing. I'd love to know what resonated with you most about that episode or about this post. Uh, so asking those, those follow-up questions and getting to know them more is going to be really amazing for you too. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Not 
losing the fact that these are, these are amazing human beings who just want to connect. We all just want that connection. So that's perfect. Um, now I'm, I'm kind of curious. So there's, there's a lot of very busy moms listening to this. Um, I know I have been in that place where I am sitting down. I know I need to post something. I know that I need to sit down and batch some stuff and I got nothing. I'm completely blank. I don't know what to put out there. How do you go about figuring out what to post when, what sort of content to get out there for people? Totally. So the first thing I would do, and I can actually do this exercise with you guys right now, which is cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the first thing I would do is ask them to write down 10 things that they really strongly believe. So it's things that they like, things they don't like, maybe things that make them angry about the space that they're in, uh, things that they believe with all their heart, things that they disagree with vehemently, like whatever it is. So like I would write, like one of my statements would be that having an engaged community is better than a large audience. That's one thing I really strongly believe in. And that informs how I serve people and it informs how I build my own brand. I don't have a ton of followers as of when I'm recording this. I have like 600 or something. But on the other hand, I have my, one of my sisters is a proper influencer. She has 63,000 followers and she is stressed every day because she doesn't have an email list. Instagram could close her account like that. Oh. And she's not making consistent income because she relies on brands. No shade on that. That's an amazing business model that she could, you know, monetize. But anyway, that's, I just want to make sure that, that you all think about that. What are your brand statements? What are those things you really strongly believe in? And if you're busy, like if you're washing dishes or, you know, walking the dog or something, I would encourage you to do that as your own homework. Um, and don't give any pressure to yourself. Just journal around these sayings. Like, don't feel like you have to post them publicly. Um, these are things that you'll come back to, but those brand statements are going to be what inform your values for your business. If you haven't laid those out, they're going to inform your mission both personally and your business-wise. And those statements, the more that you refine them, they're going to call in those perfect people who can really benefit the most from what you have to share. And that's also really helpful for my people who are like, I don't know my niche, or I'm like trying to figure that out because I feel like that holds people up so much is like, forget all that. Just write down what are those 10 things that you strongly believe and like you would shout from a rooftop, even if you think no one was listening because they're that important to you, that is what's going to help you make better content. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's definitely, I think we all have those things that we, we can believe in whether, you know, sometimes it takes some admitting it to ourselves that, that there are those things that we feel that strongly about. Um, but, but absolutely. And so from there, once you have that, that framework of, you know, those 10 or so things that you really firmly believe in, um, how about, how do you turn that into actually making the ask, you know, getting the sale or, or getting people to convert from, just follower into someone who is, is actually your client? Yeah. Good question. I think it depends on again, like what your strategy is. So I'll just give a couple of examples. So say I want to make a post about that, right. About how I strongly believe in community. And it's not just about growing a large audience. I might have that brand statement be my hook. So mm -hmm. if I'm creating a TikTok video or an Instagram reel, for example, I might say, Y'all need to stop worrying about having a large audience, okay? So that's that will stop people from scrolling if that's something they've been told, right? Like if they've been told, like, they have to grow an audience, I'm like, all right, keep going. Like, I'm listening. And then my next statement, I might be like, you're going to want to save this video because you have to go back to this reminder later. So I have a small call to action, right? Save this video or keep watching. Those are small asks of people, soft asks. And then I might go on to explain why. I usually don't introduce myself. By the way, this is a quick tip for short form videos. I see a lot of people, they'll say like, hey guys, 
you know, so glad that you're here or whatever. Don't do that with short form video. Get right to the point. Don't even introduce yourself. You can do that later. Um, but then I might get right into why. Like one, you know, you're talking about lifetime customer value. It's actually more important to have someone who will spend more over time than someone who's just gonna have one and done sale. Two, people are people. So we want to actually build a community where we get to know the people who are following us. Three, so I'm sharing all these points. And then once I've kind of proven my value, which I think is something that can be hard for us to think about, like, oh, I have value. Yes, you do. You have inherent value that it cannot be, you know, measured in money. But when we talk about our value to the market or to people as like a, a service provider or digital product creator or something, they don't know that when they're just flicking through their phone, what you have to offer until you show it, right? So the content is your opportunity to do that. You share what it is you know, and then at the end you say, hey, by the way, my name is Brittany. I create content. I help sellers do da 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 If you like more of this, follow me. Or hey, I'd love to hear, what are you struggling with when it comes to creating reels? Comment below. So you kind of have this formula in a way that you can that you can follow, which is helpful. And once you figure that out, you can just kind of repeat it. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say as far as converting. That's a discoverability thing. If, if I was doing a reel for discoverability, I'm starting conversations in the comments, taking them over to DMs and then going from there. If I was doing the static grid, for example, and say they already heard me on a podcast, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this girl. I'm going to go follow her and like message her right away. Oh my God, just listen to episode da 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 wow, like how did, like, I would love to talk with you sometime about that. And they're like, hey, so thank you so much for reaching out to me. And I do believe you should thank them if they reach out to you because that's a lot of work, right? Like yes, they yes. went, they intentionally went out of their way to do that. Um, thank you so much for the kind words. I so appreciate that. Um, I'm so glad, wow, you took that, that you took that from it. I would love to hear more about that. Um, and, and just also just start the conversation with them, like ask a little more, not asking so that they continue for engagement sake, but like to actually start the conversation, because one that tells you like, why is that content resonating? Right? Like, why was that so powerful and compelling for them? And then two, that can help inform your future content and offers. Like you've seen, you've probably seen those videos of like, I've been getting so many questions about da, 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 da. Here's another post about why, da, da, da. you know, you're kind of like make a follow-up video and things like that. So it's kind of this amazing cycle that you create content that, that gets them interested and also keeps them coming back, whether that's on social media or not, but how you set up your strategy will be different. Also, I will say, if you do the static grid, um, you'll want to figure out like, how are you getting people either to you or the platform, right? Because Instagram is kind of like, it's kind of like the go between, right? Not everybody is going to hear you on a podcast and then go to your freebie to your email list. Especially now people are really protective of their inboxes. I think now more than ever. So they want to talk to you first and see like, okay, is this person legit? Or like, do I really resonate with them? Then from there, they might go to your bio or you might be talking a few messages and be like, Hey, listen, um, I always actually have a freebie about this. Like, do you want it? And if they say yes, you send it to them. And that even just asking permission is going to go such a long way. Was that what you were looking for or? That was perfect. No, that was okay. absolutely perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I, I know, um, I know there's a lot of hesitation around maybe selling in DMS and such, uh, and I know I have sitting in my inbox hundreds of messages from people who are cold DMing me, you know, just, we don't have that initial contact interaction and they're trying to sell me something just right off the bat. And I know that can be a big turnoff, but I, I love the strategy you outlined of making it very much about that connection. And we've said it before, but coming back to 
selling from that place of love and of wanting to serve the other and be there in whatever capacity they need you to be there. And I think that's kind of the the distinction for me when it comes to, to selling on social. A hundred percent. I was actually just talking with someone about this earlier about how because of like network marketing specifically, like the MLM world, which I'm sure a lot of people in your audience would be familiar with, you just you just know when you're getting one of those messages. You can almost feel it coming. Like when someone randomly messages you, hey, how are you? And you're like, I'm fine. And you're like almost waiting for <laughs> the pitch. pitch? And like, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, just get come out with it. So I think that if you are going to be doing that, like any kind of DM sales, this is also another reason why I'll usually ask in the comments first. It depends though. Like if they message me, then, you know, they reached out to me. Um, If I'm doing like the comment to customer thing. So I said, say this word one, I've already kind of asked for their permission in the post, right? They know I'm going to be sending this thing to them. And for them, it's a convenience. Like, tell me you haven't hated when you've like gone through a post before and you're like, I love that. And then you can't find it again. You're like, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to find it again. So having it in your DMs is more of a convenience thing. Um, And then also just responding with that comment saying, hey, I sent it over, check your message requests. I think that giving that permission, giving them the opportunity to opt in, I think is really important. And that changes up how it's perceived. Um, If you're going to do more outreach directly, I have had a couple of people do it really well. I had, um, I'll give you a little story. I was looking at this agency owner event retreat in October. And I was like, I really want to go. I went to the sales page. I was looking it over and I'm like, is it worth it though? Should I spend the money? And I, I closed out and got distracted or whatever. She went to her, I mean, the, the amount of detail this girl put in, she went to her abandoned cart, whatever thingy in her dashboard, found my email, went and found the Instagram account related to my email, went to my Instagram and commented and saying like, hey, I noticed we both love it. Uh, we both love musical theater. I saw that you have a cat. Oh my gosh, me too. Um, hey, and, and like, I was like, oh yeah, nice to meet you. She's like, hey, I noticed you were on the sales page for this. Um, she's like, I was going through it and I definitely think you'd be a great fit, but why didn't you sign up? I'm just, I'm not pushing you. I just really genuinely want to know why so I can make it better. Um, and I appreciated that. One, I appreciated the hustle of how much work she went to to like contact me. But two, like, especially with things like retreats and things, like if you're going to be like a coach or you have anything like that, it's really personal. Like you're, you're knowing these people intimately. So you want to make sure that you like, you're not just selling to them. You're also sussing the customer out and seeing like, do I want this person to buy my thing? Like, do I want them in my world? Um, so one, I think it was really smart of her, but two, the fact that she like built the connection and it wasn't just like a, a spammy thing that she like actually went through my feed. She like wanted to get to know me first and also giving me that reassurance because I ended up telling her, I'm like, well, you know, one reason I didn't register for your thing is you said you wanted to work with uh, six-figure business owners. I'm not there yet. And so I just didn't want to be disrespectful to your requirement. And she's like, she's like, I totally hear where you're coming from with that. She's like, I definitely don't want to exclude people because of salary. She's like, I actually just changed the sales page. I want for you to come. And I was like, okay, that effort, like that amount of effort was like, wow, she's going to be an amazing retreat leader. I definitely want to be there for it. So it's one of those things of like, does it sound like more work? Yes, it is a little more work, but is it worth it in the long run? Absolutely. Because I've since also bought all of her low ticket offers. I've like gone to her webinars and things. So I think like those little connections that you can make, they are like starting as seemingly innocuous conversations. You never know what they're going to grow into. So I'd say approach it authentically. If it ends up in a sale, great. If not, maybe there'll be a collaboration partner. Maybe you'll get on their podcast. Like you just never know. Yeah. Or, or you'll just help a human and it'll be, you'll just be nice and they'll appreciate it. And they'll, you know, spread the love. I think it's great. 
Yeah. I, I love those kinds of connections. I think that's perfect. So, all right. Any last minute, little hard hitting bits of advice you can share to the audience? Oh my gosh. So much. Um, I would <laughs> say that <laughs> I would say that honestly, if, if nothing else, just sit there and honestly ask yourself how much time, well, first off, do you want to be on social media? I mean, that's a legit question. You you could build a business without it, which I know I probably shouldn't say it's social media manager, but <laughs> you can do whatever you want. So do you even want to be on social media? If you establish that, yes, I think this could be really helpful to other people. I think it could be beneficial for me. Then I would say, look at your time and honestly think how much time can I give? What is my capacity? Because it's easy. As soon as you get on there, you're going to be influenced by so many people like me who tell you, try this, do this, but you have to decide first, what can you actually do? And what do you want to do? Because, you know, maybe in the future you will post every day or something, but right now, what is your capacity in this season of life? Especially if you have young kids, right? Like you have a different capacity than someone who doesn't like, let's just keep it real. So what can I do with that? And then third, what are my goals for the platform? I think if you can answer those three questions, you're going to be in such a good place. And then remember those, write them down, put them up somewhere. So that way you are not influenced by everyone else who's saying, try this, do this, because they're speaking from what's worked for them, whatever season of life they were in, you have to honor the season that you're in right now. I love that. I love it. Thank you so much for that. It's such such a relief to hear too. It really is. Just honor the season you're in. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Brittany. If people want to continue the conversation, where can they go to find you? On social media, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely on Instagram. You can come find me at Brittany Verlenich. My name is really hard to spell. So you might actually want to go to the episode description for that one. Um, you can also hear my podcast, Social Media Magic. And my Facebook group has the same title if you want to come find me there. I do live podcast recordings in there with some guests. So you can get the, actually get the episode earlier if you're in the group than on the podcast, which is fun. Perfect. All right. Yes, I will definitely have all the links in the show notes. That'd be great. Well, thank you all so much for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we would really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.